This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I am Sarah Evers Conrad from Lexington, Kentucky, and you are listening to the monthly Horse Illustrated episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 27th. This is a special episode of Horses in the Morning every fourth Tuesday of the month, brought to you by Horse Illustrated Magazine. Good morning, Horse World. The fourth Tuesday of every month is all about your passion for horses. Nurture your knowledge with informative and entertaining interviews. Brought to you by Horse Illustrated Magazine. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us this morning on Horses in the Morning. I always look forward to hanging out with Sarah and talking a little bit about what's going on over at Horse Illustrated. I did want to mention before we get into all of our amazing guests today that we are recording this about a week ahead of time. So when we talk about the Olympics I know that they have started as you're listening to this, but they have not started as we're recording it. So I just wanted to make that clear. But we're going to f- give you an option today of how you can keep in touch with what's going on at the Olympics with the help of Force Illustrated. Sarah, tell us who's coming up in today's show. You have a whole bunch of guests booked. On today's show, we will be talking with FEI three-star combined driver Mary Phelps about her world-famous driving ponies, international veterinarian Dr. Mike Tomlinson about summer horse health topics, and to Carrie Mortensen, the executive director of the American Morgan Horse Association. Well, that's terrific, and I know that you've been busy over there at Horse Illustrated. I know last episode you talked about Western Life magazine, and apparently it's out now, right? Yeah, it's it's now officially out before we were taking pre-orders. Just to remind everyone, in case you missed the last episode, Western Life is a publication by Horse Illustrated, and it's a must-have magazine for cowgirls who are passionate about horses. You can discover, like, Western fashion and decor trends. That was my favorite part. (laughs) Profiles of cowgirl trendsetters, and we had some really cool profiles. Western horse breeds, riding tips, and trending sports as well as equestrian travel destinations. And, yeah, that's another favorite of mine, if I ever get to go to any of these places. Now, is this one a digital or or a real magazine? It is a print publication that people can order. And if you want to find it and check it out, it's on horseillustrated.com slash western dash or hyphen life. Got it. So how much do you guys cover the Olympics? We are actually planning for daily coverage, and we have a writer and a photographer team that is working with us over there, and they are super excited. They're, they're probably getting ready to leave or leaving as we speak, and we will have a section on the website that we're planning for to showcase important information. We've done preview articles of the Olympics and we're also keeping track of the official news. And then we'll have our daily coverage complete with really cool photos. And that will be at horseillustrated.com slash Tokyo 
dash Olympics. And of course, dressage is well underway now, and they're all, the American team just won the gold. Uh, yeah, I made that up. <laughs> yeah, let's I made that up because uh, we don't know. We're recording this before they started. But it is well underway now as you're listening to this. So I am sure we're well on our way to winning the gold. I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, and after we talked to Stefan Peters last time on our second episode, you know, we've got a root for him and, and everybody else that's riding for... It was TV so USA. funny. We joked with Stefan about hanging out with Boyd Martin and doing ice baths and all that stuff. I don't know if you saw the pictures that came out uh, from Boyd when they were in Germany preparing to go to Tokyo, and they were all hanging out together. So there were many pictures of Stefan and Boyd together. Yes, I do believe they are friends. So <laughs> we'll see if they, uh, they he follows through on the ice bath thing. It it does sound like they're going to be pretty strict as far as protocols are concerned, so we'll see. And, of course, the dressage uh, horses went over there several days before the event horses because it's happening first. They're kind of doing them in order this time. There's not, I don't think there's any overlap. So uh, it'll be dressage first, and then it goes eventing, and then they follow up with show jumping as last. So I think they stagger how the horses come in that way. Well, uh, I, I am so excited that you have a regular title sponsor for the show. Yes, uh, we have had Straight Arrow Products come on board as our regular title sponsor. So they will be with us for every episode. And their latest message for us is about their Cowboy Magic product. Summer is in full swing, and all we want to do is get out there and ride. With Cowboy Magic's Green Spot Remover, you can do more of what you love and spend less time in the wash stall. Cut bath time in half with this waterless shampoo for a quick grooming solution while saving water at your barn. This easy-to-use sprayer bottle is the perfect tool when looking for a quick clean before the show or before a leisurely ride. Green Spot Remover is a plant-based waterless formula that is safe to use on all coats, not just for grays. The natural enzymes will remove manure and urine spots without drying out the skin and coat. The best part, it only takes a few easy steps to use. Learn more about how to use and where to purchase at cowboymagic.com. Stay tuned for a bit to find out about a special offer from Horse Illustrated just for our podcast listeners. Our first guest, Mary Phelps, is an equine insurance agent, photographer, and journalist. Mary created HorsesDaily.com in 1997, and it's the oldest and longest-running website in equestrian sport. A lifelong equestrian, she is an FEI three-star athlete in combined driving. Together with her husband, Wayne Humphreys, Mary manages and trains her world-class driving ponies, competing at the highest level of the sport of combined driving. In 2019, Mary and her now world-famous driving ponies, the gangsters, Al Capone, Bugsy Maloney, Tony DePony, and Kimba competed for the U.S. in the FEI World Driving Championships for Ponies in Hungary, where they won an individual gold medal in the cones phase and finished 12th overall. Bugsy Maloney and Tony DePony became part of the 2020 releases of Briar Model Horses. And have sold out in a lot of different places. I, I saw them first. When, when they first came out, I got to see them at a trade show before they went out to the stores, and I got pictures of them and stuff. They're so cute. Yeah, They're the cutest and, briars. Oh gosh, I'm, I'm declaring the, it. The ponies in real life are super cute. Yeah. I've gotten to like, <laughs> they pet are. them and groom them. And um, she, I love those names. Yes, I do too. Names. <laughs> All right, let's talk to Mary. <laughs> 
Hi, Mary. Welcome to the Horse Illustrated episode of Horses in the Morning. Hi, Sarah. It's great talking with you again. Within the horse industry, you're so well-known in equestrian sport as a journalist covering a variety of disciplines. But I was curious, what made you get started with combined driving and then, like, move on up to this level? (laughs) That's a great question. Well, to be honest, all along, way back in the 80s of all the sports that I covered, combined driving captured my soul. Uh, I was in Gladstone um, for competitions there, and I still remember that sound, that sound of the clinking harnesses and the multiple hooves on the ground and watching um, everyone drive. And back then, I was also videoing uh, competitions and um, did videos of some of the great American drivers. So... And I was also a groom, a harness racing groom for Hall of Famer Billy Houghton in the very early 1980s. So I did, had a little bit of uh, racetrack experience as well. So driving is always called to me, and um, it's what I've always wanted to do if I ever got the chance. Now, why ponies, and how did you find the gangsters, which I love all their names, so I just had to share that. (laughs) Yeah, so I have Al Capone and Bugsy Maloney, and then we got Kimba, who's my little mare, and she had come from the Kentucky Horse Park. Um, She'd been there for a couple of years, but she wasn't exactly petting zoo quality, (laughs) So, uh, but uh, uh, she was adopted out and I got her. And then the fourth pony I got, I think, three, four years ago, and that's Tony DePony. So, anyway, those are my ponies, and they sort of found me, Sarah. It wasn't like I was out looking. Um, I had a smaller pair of Shetlands that I was having fun with, and then I started competing uh, in Florida in combined driving, and uh, but you know they were really small, and uh, I was able to do pairs with them. Uh, but when the Al Capone and Bugsy Maloney came along, um, and that was my good friend Johnny Rob, who you all may know. Yes, uh, she's a PR person, and um, Al Capone and uh, Bugsy Maloney were her ponies. And she wanted to advertise them for sale on my website, um, horsesdaily.com. And she sent me the ad, and I said, you know what? I want them. (laughs) (laughs) Now, are they brothers? They are half-brothers. Okay. Not ironically, but serendipitously, um, they were actually born and bred in... um, Anthony, Florida, and which is very close to Ocala. It's part of Marion County. And uh, their breeders are now deceased, but they were actually bred not 20 miles from where they're living now. Now, you've done a great job, like, creating this matching team because they all, like, look very similar. Um, What tips do you have for people trying to put together a matching team like that? Well, (laughs) Like I keep saying, they found me, and they're very unusual. Um, 
most of the time, uh, you'll see a lot of all white ponies, um, or bays, you know, the Dartmoors are usually all bay. Uh, Katie Whaley has always had a beautiful combination of chestnut Welsh ponies, um, with white socks and, and all of that. But these, like I said, these ponies found me. And the unusual thing about them is, is they're actually an American breed. They're called the Classic American Shetland, which is a registry. And it's, but they're not your vision of what those Thelwell Shetland ponies are. Um, they're a cross between uh, Shetland and Hackney. So that gives them more of the refinement. And it also gives them a little bit of the hotness that has always been a challenge <laughs> to work with, especially in dressage. A challenge, but I think it's working in the marathon on the cones. Oh, boy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it has. <laughs> it has. And But I love the challenge of the dressage as well because it just makes me a better driver. And it's really fun when I hand the reins over um, to some of the top international trainers that I've been fortunate to work with in clinics or on regular training. And um, that I think they gain a new level of respect for me after they've tried driving them. <laughs> so, now, yeah, they're I know uh, you can phenomenal. mix and. Sorry, I know how you can mix and match them. Like, how do you decide who, which two you're going to use in which phase for that day? Like, That's what goes a very good that? question as well. And it's what is dealt with a lot in combined driving. Um, what, I, what a lot of people don't understand about the sport, when you start getting into multiples, I'm actually declare, if I'm doing pairs, I declare three ponies. So you're, and you're allowed to mix and match based on their strengths. So, uh, and actually I kind of switched them around quite a bit and tried different combinations, but sometimes you'll have two ponies that work better in the dressage and then another combination that will be better in the marathon and cone. And that's what we figured out when we went to Europe in 2019 and competed for the United States in the FEI Pony Driving World Championships. We came up with, uh, well, my trainer, Bram Chardon, who is in the Netherlands, who I couldn't have done it without, uh, we came up with a combination, but it wasn't the combination we set out to do in the first place. So what made the, what caused the like last minute change? <laughs> well, that's a whole long, but fun story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I have four ponies. Kimba is my mare. She's the smallest mm -hmm. one. And, um, you know, in America, we don't have a lot of, competitions at the level that we need to do to qualify. So I had gotten my new pony, Tony, who's fancy and big and, and uh, very pretty, uh, but he was also the youngest one. 
And so that qualifying season in 2019, I was really focusing on getting him out in as many shows as I could to give him the experience. And then figured by the time we got to the Netherlands in July to train with Graham, uh, we could put it all together. So Kimba wasn't even going to come. Um, but I want, I didn't want to leave her behind. And uh, we had raised some money. We had some fundraisers. And I just said, no, she's coming along. I don't want to leave her behind. And she was working great as being kind of the sidekick as we were conditioning the other pony. Well, we ended up uh, competing in Orshot in the Dutch Pony National Championships uh, as kind of our only warm-up event that we had over there. And uh, I did two pairs. I did Bugsy and Tony, and then I did Kimba and Al. And they rocked it. So, uh, but Tony was still a little insecure and a little looky looky, but Kimba is an old pro. She knew what to do and she loved it. So it was after that competition when we actually finished third in the cones out of something like 38, 35 competitors, um, that Bram said, Kimba's in, Tony's out. <laughs> well that worked so out well we managed yeah so it wasn't expected and um to do that but uh i and she's so small we had to be sure that she was going to be the right legal size and so small she couldn't even wear shoes if you tried to nail shoes into her feet she'd go lame because her feet were so small so kimba did the whole marathon and cones at the pony driving world championships in hungary barefoot <laughs> well but the whole team looked great because and i'll put in the show notes a link to your story that you had shared of your uh winning run with your gold medal in the cones and also you shared with me and i have to share this with listeners your packing list so mary said that she's has to pack three carriages, one for dressage and cones, one for marathon, and a singles training carriage, five harnesses, <laughs> two for each phase, and then a single harness for training. All I can think of there is cleaning that, Mary. That's all I can think of is cleaning all that harness. Oh, well, most of it is, you know, synthetic. Oh, that's good. Hose it, hose it off. <laughs> <laughs> and then three ponies. And you have a lot of white on your ponies, so that must be fun, you know, cleaning them and making them <laughs> shine. And then you have your bedding, an ATV for getting around the showgrounds, show clothes and clothes for the team with sponsor names, all the gear for keeping yes. ponies and tack clean, feed, hay, yes. and supplements, and a dog cage for your three dogs. That is <laughs> quite a list. <laughs> and the RV. So we travel <laughs> with, the, with the truck and the trailer. Uh, and then, um, and actually, uh, locally, we're so, we're so fortunate to be so close to all the shows that we do in Florida. So um, I sold my truck that pulls the, the uh, fifth wheel RV 
and we make two trips with um, the dually and come back and, and pick up the RV and set it up at the shows so that I have a nice, quiet place to chill out uh, in between walking obstacles 10 miles a day, it seems, and all of that. Yeah, it sounds, boy, when you say it, Sarah, it really sounds like a lot. Yeah, I noticed that her husband, Wayne, wasn't on the packing list. Uh, So I'm assuming he's helping (laughs) do the packing. So that's what I was figuring. He's part of the RV driving experience. (laughs) Well, I was telling Glenn about um, the, the day I got to go with Wayne on the carriage with Bouncer, just going around the horse park at the the National Drive and how Wayne took me on a little cones course. And he had been, uh, Bouncer had been retired for a few years and he just did that cones course. Like he had never been retired and he was just a pro, (laughs) like he was in complete training. And that is one of my coolest memories. And I think I'll always remember that day. And so I'm always thankful that I got to do that. Well, I want to thank you for coming on with us. And uh, absolutely. Glenn, you have a wonderful journey with all of the travels you have ahead of you. And um, we're going to try to make it to your send-off party. I was just going to ask you if you were going to be back in time for Saturday, because you're welcome to come over. We'd love to see you guys. Oh, I'd love to love to be a part of it. It would be good. We should be around. Good. So uh, looking forward to it. And Sarah, thank you so much for connecting with us. Horsesdaily.com is the website. That's where you can find all of the information. I'm going to put a link to the Briar Horses, too. Uh, So if you want to get yourself a pair, if you can find them, if they're not sold out, uh, we're going to put a link (laughs) to that as well. So thank you, Mary. Appreciate it. During our May 2021 issue of Horse Illustrated, we actually had an English training article on selecting a driving horse. So if listeners have actually already started learning how to drive and they are at that phase of trying to buy a horse, then they can check out the link to that article. I'll put it in the show notes at horseillustrated.com slash podcast three. And, or you can just go to horseillustrated.com and you can always easily find our podcast. There's a big section that people can click on and look for this episode. Okay, so now we've teased it long enough. What's the special offer you guys have for our listeners? So the special offer we have is we have special rates posted on our website for a Horse Illustrated magazine subscription in any format. Print, digital, or a combo subscription of both print and digital. Plus, if you'd like to get our sister publication for a special kid in your life, we also offer special rates on Young Rider magazine, which is created specifically for and about horse crazy tweens and teens ages 8 to 15. So check out our website at horseillustrated.com slash HRN for special rates designed for you, our podcast listeners. So I'm looking at this page now, and boy, the uh, rates are are pretty good here. You're talking $18 for a one-year subscription to Horse Illustrated. Uh, Young Rider, you're talking about $14, and that's the print magazine. It's even less for the digital magazine. That's, and some people enjoy both. Yeah, that's really good. Well, and I'm, I'm, I appreciate you offering this to our listeners out there. It's horseillustrated.com slash HRN. You can find those special rates just for you guys because you listen to this show. Well, summer is in full swing, and all we want to do is get out there and ride. With Cowboy Magic's Green Spot Remover, you can do more of what you love and spend less time in the wash stall. Cut bath time in half with this waterless shampoo for a quick grooming solution while saving water. 
water at your barn. The easy-to-use sprayer bottle is a perfect tool when looking for a quick clean before the show or before a leisurely ride. Green Spot Remover is a plant-based, waterless formula that is safe to use on all coats, not just for grays. The natural enzymes will remove manure and urine spots without drying out the skin and coat. The best part, it only takes a few easy steps to use. Learn more about how to use and where to purchase at CowboyMagic.com. Our next guest is Dr. C. Mike Tomlinson, DBM MBA. Dr. Mike has been a veterinarian, judge, course designer, steward, or technical delegate at around 30 FEI events each year on nearly every continent around the globe since 1984. In 2018, he was the president of the Veterinary Commission 1 for the World Equestrian Games, or WEG. Dr. Mike has represented the U.S. as team veterinarian at several games and world championships. In addition to FEI events and veterinary practice, Dr. Mike has been a C-level executive in many startups, both in and out of the horse world, including companies such as SmartPak, GameReady, and SnapSeals. His technical time is spent working in chemical engineering, software coding, and medical device innovation. That's a lot. Dr. Mike is known for his constant energy, immunity to jet lag, and penchant for cartoon ties. Well, welcome, Dr. Mike, to the Horse Illustrated episode of Horses in the Morning. Good afternoon. Nice to meet you, or see you again. We wanted to have you on because, obviously, it's July, and temperatures are soaring, and the sun's been beating down on our horses during the summer, and there are a few health concerns that horse owners should be aware of during the summer, such as heat exhaustion, sunburn, cooling off a horse, things like that. I wanted to see, what do you think is the biggest concern for horse owners in hot climates and during this time of year? Well, the impact of the heat is very, very different in different parts of the U.S. In the east, the humidity is a big factor. And in the west, just the sunshine itself is a big factor. Uh, The number one thing would be not so much the heat, it would be the water intake. Sometimes the horse's water is uh, out in the sun, it gets hot and then the horses won't drink it. Uh, Sometimes they are sweating a bunch and they dehydrate from that. And the number one problem with horses not drinking enough or dehydrating is colic. Right. We all know that that's the, the biggest cause of death among horses even today. So we definitely want to make sure our horses are drinking water Maybe put it under the shade. Any other tips for getting horses to drink more? Well, in general, if they're at home and drinking the same water that they always drink, there shouldn't be much of a problem as long as it's kept cool. Uh, Obviously, keeping the water in the shade is number one, making sure that uh, the pipes don't break or something so that they don't Mm -hmm. get it. Nobody shuts it off. You just want to be sure that they have access to plenty of clean, cool water. When you're traveling, uh, I know summertime's a big time for competitions and even, you know, with COVID, people are still out and about a bunch. When you're traveling, you want to be sure that the water that they get where they're going is water that they will drink. Uh, Sometimes water tastes different in different places and horses are 
often very picky about the water they get. So with the heat and humidity, obviously, um, is there any kind of threshold on when it's too hot to ride? Like, how do, how do people decide? Well, um, in stressful events, uh, we generally say that uh, if the temperature plus the humidity is over 180, it's not advisable to be racing at full speed. Uh, what you'll find is that in general, the horses tend to do much better than the riders. Interesting. And a rider that is hot, dehydrated, uncomfortable, probably is not thinking as well, not riding as well as normal. And believe it or not, a rider that's not thinking well or riding well will cause the horse more problems generally than the heat and humidity. So how should riders modify their rides for hot weather? Well, uh, <laughs> the number one thing would be uh, uh, pay attention to your horse mm -hmm. and uh Try to see how much they are sweating and how much they are drinking. Um, if you are going to do a lot of exercise, if they're going to do a lot of sweating, electrolytes may be in, uh, in order for them. Uh, you can get a tube of paste electrolytes at most feed stores or online, obviously. Um, the, um, the interesting thing is that if a horse is sweating continuously, say for a 100-mile endurance ride, they can lose about two to three cups of salt. Wow. I didn't know that. So it's a significant amount. And if you try to replace it all in one day, you will completely pickle your horse. Uh, <laughs> Goodness. You cannot replace it immediately. Right. They draw these electrolytes from throughout their body, and it takes a week or 10 days to put it back. Mm. We are certainly talking about an extreme, though. This would be an extreme sport, endurance, where mm -hmm. they ride through heat and humidity. I was just at one in Costa Rica last weekend, and we had about 90 degree temperature, which they thought was rather cool, but it was 99% humidity. So the combined heat index was, you know, 189. And, um, but they were still racing 100 miles. Obviously, we've had articles about these topics, and we always discuss the differences or the phrases heat exhaustion and heat stroke. For the listeners, what is the difference between those and what are the clinical signs for each? Well, uh, those are really extrapolated from human medicine mm -hmm. and it is really a continuum, but the dividing line between heat exhaustion and heat stroke is when the body has given up and is no longer trying to cool itself down. 
that has said, I can't do it, I quit. Mm -hmm. That is when you go into heat stroke. When you are in heat exhaustion, you are sweating profusely and um, have a thready pulse. Uh, you're, you're just trying to cool down. When you go into heat stroke, you quit sweating. Your body flushes red and just your heart just starts pounding. Um, your now body what about has for horses? Well, um, <laughs> one of the key things with heat stroke with people is a pounding headache and a little bit of delirium. If you can figure that out on a horse, you're doing great. <laughs> right. uh, as far as telling when they quit sweating, did they quit sweating because they don't need to or because uh, they're in heat stroke? The bottom line, if you put your horse into heat stroke, you're probably going to lose your horse. So don't get anywhere near there. Right. The idea is um, have a thermometer, take the horse's temperature, see what you get. You can get very high core temperatures, 104, 105, and those are normal while exercising. Those are not normal while standing. Gotcha. So... how would someone know if they need a vet? Uh, the bottom line is know your horse, and if things don't look right, that's when you need them. But if it's somebody else's horse, if you don't know your horse, sometimes the only thing you will notice is that they start laying down, they won't get up, um, they are panting and sweating and laying down. Um, uh, uh, the number one sign is just an absolute reluctance to even notice you. Gotcha. And uh, when they are just out of it, then what they're doing is putting all their energy towards cooling down and external stimuli such as you do not matter anymore. Mm-hmm. We call that's that, we call that ain't doing right. When it looks like they ain't doing right. ADR. Yep, right. that's right. <laughs> so what, what's the best way to, what's the best way to cool down a hot horse? And I want to clarify um, um, something that I believe is a myth, that many people believe that cooling a hot horse with cold water can cause tying up, but that's been found to be incorrect, Correct. Oh, I can I can tell you that uh, people new to uh, to horses always come with that as an old wives' tale, and that's one of the first things to be debunked. Uh, when when a horse is hot and wants to cool down, uh, we have shown in studies that if you give them a cold, uh, basically a place to take a cold shower, they will instinctively put water all over their body. Uh, When we are doing it ourselves at uh, major competitive events, we cool them with as much water everywhere we can as fast as we can. And uh, by that, the average person, what that means is getting a hose and putting it all over the back, all over the rump, 
spraying it up between the back legs where there are major arteries and veins, on the lower neck where there's the uh, major arteries and veins, throughout the stomach. And when you put the water on, the next step is to scrape it off. Because if you just pour water on the horse, all it does is run over the outside and off the bottom. So you have to put it on, scrape it off, put it on, scrape it off. The best thing is have one person putting the water on and two people scraping it off. Yeah, because that can cause an overheating effect, correct, if you don't take it off? Well, it won't cool the horse. Right. Uh, and that, that's what you're trying to do, so it's not, not achieving your goal. So let's talk sunburn. Um, which horses are most at risk for sunburn, and what should owners look for? I mean, are they using sunscreen on their horses? Is that what you recommend, or covering them up with sheets or fly masks? What do you, what do well, you tell clients? <laughs> uh, two, well, three general things. The three general parts are the body, the legs, and the nose. And as with, you know, anything else, the lighter the skin, the more likely it is to get burned. The ones who I have seen the absolute worst sunburns have been on the horses with a beautiful, nice pink nose. And the nice pink nose can get so sunburned uh, so quickly. Uh, as far as what to do with a pink nose, you can't really keep a face mask all the way down to the muzzle. Mm-hmm. So the best thing in the world is uh, some sort of sunblock uh, zinc oxide or desitin uh, type thing. And I do not recommend using any suntan uh, or sunblock uh, prevention uh, I don't like the SPF things on horses. I prefer something that physically blocks it, such as zinc oxide or desiccant. Uh, on the other places on the horse, the best thing would be, as you said, a, a netting or a, a uh, UV blocking sheet of some kind. Uh, you can always do the boots. Uh, hand in hand with sunburn comes the biting insects. And so oh, if, yes. you, uh, if you help one, you generally help the other. Often the lighter colored horses have more problems with the biting insects. So keeping a good light sheet on them, sometimes getting netting uh, boots for them, uh, and then putting something on the nose will pretty well take care of all the places where the horse needs help. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Making time out of your super busy schedule. My pleasure, and I appreciate you having me on. Look forward to doing so again soon. Thanks, Mike. Well, our final guest is Carrie Mortensen. She is executive director of the American Morgan Horse Association. 
She graduated with an equestrian science degree at William Woods University before obtaining her MBA at Xavier University, a longtime resident of Lexington. Carrie feels fortunate to have gained a plethora of equestrian business skills from her past employment with companies such as the United States Equestrian Federation and the Jockey Club, and uh, many other breed associations as well. She now represents the American Morgan Horse Association, which was founded in 1909 as the Morgan Horse Club, and recognized in 1971 as the AMHA. The AMHA exists to preserve, promote, and perpetuate the Morgan Horse. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, too. Well, I always like this talk about people's horses first, because there's nothing a horse person likes to talk about more than their own horse. So how did you get your Morgan horse? It, it is kind of interesting, because as a horsewoman and educated uh, with uh, knowledge of purchasing and selling and the right way to go about getting a horse, you I did never it all thought wrong, in a million you? years. You did it all wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never thought in a million years that I would ever tell this story, because... Um, I was sitting in the airport on the way to a board meeting in November of 2018, and it was early, and I'm not much of an early morning person, so I'm sitting at the airport waiting to go to Dallas, Texas. I have a connection flight, and I'm scrolling through Facebook, and up comes this picture of this most adorable Morgan face in the camera, just speaking to me volumes. And I thought, what in the world is this horse doing um, in a kill pen? Um, telling me it has till Tuesday to make bail. Um, and I just, I just couldn't believe it. And first of all, I wasn't even uh, following that page. I don't, I've never seen that, um, <laughs> broker before. And, and so anyways, of course I clicked on it to look at it and they had a little video of some huge guy riding this little pony practically. And he seemed sound and he was black, and he was 12, and he, he had registration papers, and he was just the cutest darn thing. Now, he needed some groceries, but um, you could just see his personality. And I thought, well, this is crazy. I I haven't had a horse in 20 years, and I, don't, I, don't, I haven't even thought about where I would put a horse, and I'm insane. So I thought, well, I did what any reasonable person would do, and I texted a horse trainer that I had met that lived nearby where this horse was located at the moment. And I said, you can tell me I'm crazy, but if I paid the bail on this horse, would you go pick him up till I can figure it out? And I expected to get this long list of, oh, you don't want to do this. You don't know what you're getting. It could be a lot of trouble. It could be really expensive, blah, blah, blah. But he just texted back, sure, tell me when to pick him up. <laughs> and by the time I landed in Dallas, I owned a Morgan horse, and I didn't know where I was going to put him. I didn't even know of the closest boarding barn where I lived, and I had a board of directors meeting for three days. So <laughs> that's how I acquired him. And he's just darling, and yes, I could talk about him forever, but he drives, and he's learning his carriage driving lessons now. He obviously was used on the road as an Amish buggy horse, but he's got the greatest personality. He came from a good home because he he's not afraid of anything. He's sweet as can be. He's kind. We take him off to um, meet and greets with the public, and he just eats that up. So I got very lucky, and I renamed him Lucky, and uh, he he makes everyone fall in love with him. And uh, I just, I just got really fortunate. Well, I got two great. of my two. 
four of my horses from auctions, two of them from, an, from Amish, and then two of them I mm-hmm. bought at the New Holland Sales Stables, so you know where they were headed next. Oh. So I kind of did yes, the same I thing do. as you. Yep, $90, mm-hmm. and I think the second one was 120 So, you know. It was well, you a- got better deals than me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You do take your chances. There's no question about it. But, you know, I got you lucky, do. too. Uh, my first driving pony, yeah. and, and that pony lived to 45. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Wow. <laughs> now, yeah. let's talk a little yeah. bit about Morgans, going back in time. So if we go back to the late 1800s, sure. early 1900s, am I remembering correctly, if we take draft horses out of the mix, am I direct remembering correctly that they were one of the most common breeds back then? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was the first American um, developed breed, and they go way back. And they, all the Morgan horses and the Morgan bloodlines descended from Justin Morgan. Right. Um, and what that what what they kind of developed was um, out of his offspring came the rest of the Morgan horse lineage, um, and Morgans actually influenced a variety of other breeds in this country, like the American Saddlebred and the Tennessee Walking Horse and everything. I mean, there's a little bit of Morgan, because, of course, the first few Morgans weren't referred to as Morgans because they were just general horses, but they started breeding this horse that had these specific characteristics, and it developed into the Morgan breed. So, of course, now um, the only horses that can be registered as Morgans are Morgans that have um, full registered um, parents on both sides. Um, and, uh, so, yeah, that's kind of the, it in a nutshell. So they became popular back then, one, there weren't cars yet, uh, but they also could be right. used for riding and driving. That's And they were not huge like some of yes. the other breeds, right? Extremely, extremely sturdy. Um, they could be showy on Sunday, and they could work in the field all week. Mm. Um, they're very durable. <laughs> I, right. I, I say durable, but they're easy keepers, um, and they're very inquisitive. They're very people-pleasing. Um, they and they have a lot of stamina. A good word is adaptable, stamina. right? They're adaptable. To, yes. Yes. Yeah. Very versatile. I mean, yeah. you can, you know, right now we see them in, in all disciplines and activities, but, you know, back then, you know, they were, you know, your horse had to be a working horse, not just, a, well, for the majority of people, I'm sure the wealthy had yeah. had plenty of just beautiful horses for Sunday, but, you know, back then they needed something that was, that was a worker, that was part of the family, and uh, that's what they found in the Morgan horse. How many are here now in the United States, or part of your registry? We have about 90,000. It's a gross estimate because, of course, not everybody reports when their horses um, are deceased, but Morgans tend to live a long time. Um, We have about 90,000 registered uh, Morgans in this country. That's our best estimate. Um, And we register about 1,800 new Morgans a year. We transfer about 3,000 a year of registered horses transferring ownership. Um, There's been a lot of popular sales uh, pop-up recently um, where they're getting stronger and our Amish community is really interested in the bloodlines and developing their own breeding stock. Uh, it's it's just really, really a fascinating thing to, to watch. Um, we have about 6,000 members in our membership organization. So, yeah, we're, we're one of the smaller breeds, you know, but um, that's one of our main goals is to promote this family-oriented horse that is so versatile, um, there's just, you know, 
so many options. Well, and that's a, that is the thing. You see them a lot more now in in multiple disciplines. Mm-hmm. It's not just breed shows anymore. Um, right. You know, you see them right. popping up everywhere, and and I think that's really cool. Yet, I think like most of the breeds out there, you know, the average person who doesn't compete is probably what you know, sixty to eighty percent of the horse population right. out there, trail riders and things like mm-hmm. that. Do, do the associations have anything for those people? We do. Um, We have a ton of things that we do for our membership base. Um, But as far as for people who are interested that don't compete, we have a program called My Morgan and Me. And it is a self-log honor system that people log the time they spend with Morgans. And it could just be, you know, grooming. It could be trail riding. It could be just a companion horse, whatever their activities with Morgan horses are, it's for kids that even just take riding lessons on Morgans. And there's 10 levels of achievement, and they submit their report to us when they've done their, I'm not sure how many hours it is without looking on the website, but I think it's 75 hours is the first level of achievement. And they get a hat with the My Morgan and Me logo on it. And we always ask them to send in pictures of them and their horses. And it's really fun because you get to see what people do with their horses. And you know, people, like you said, when we started this conversation, they love to talk about their horse. They love to show you a picture of their horse. And we, we utilize social media for that a lot. We ask them to send us pictures. And we've gotten things, people back with their horse in costume and they dress them up and just in parades and just all kinds of things that people do and just trail riding. And it's just a wonderful, really beautiful way to be able to get those members connected and feeling like they're part of the industry because they are. Um, It's the backbone of, you know, the Morgan being a family horse. So, you know, we've been doing association interviews probably for 12 years since we started the network. And uh-huh. There's been one thing that has come up over the last 12 years, and it's still an ongoing, I'd call it a battle because it really is, and that's getting more kids out, right? Getting more kids involved because all of the associations mm-hmm. are aging out. Uh, you know, the membership right. is aging out, and it's been the constant battle, and I know you've dealt with it your whole career. So have mm-hmm. you found anything that works? Well, we we have a great youth program, and we offer a lot of options, and I'm not going to sit here and say we don't share that same battle because even though we have a lot of great things for the kids that are around, we need more. (laughs) We need more exposure. Um, We do have a youth council, um, and through the youth council, we bring together um, our Morgan enthusiasts that um, and teach them governance and give them projects, and they do things like they're doing some really exciting things, and you don't even have to be an AMHA member to participate in these. They host monthly cahoots, which I didn't know what that was, but it's a quiz show online, and it's a lot of fun. They do everything from, you know, tonight's topic's going to be horses and movies or, you know, whatever, um, and that anyone can sign on and play along, and it's really fun, and the Youth Council creates it, organizes it, runs it. They do educational webinars. They've done fundraisers for different things. Um, So the Youth Council is pretty darn active. We also have a a teams program that used to be kind of what other associations would call youth clubs, Um, and it's an activity-based program, and it's a kind of a competition, but it's also camaraderie, um, socializing, getting kids in the barn doing things. 
We have a merit program that is more of an educational equestrian skill program, and it's different levels of horsemanship, and you earn badges, but they are hardcore. I mean, it's really tough if you earn all five and get to Justin Morgan. You That's a very rare thing. Um, but we do have an intro level, which is geared towards general horse lovers, non-members, really young people. And it's available on the website. There's no charge. Anybody can go on and download the booklet, learn the parts of the horse and some basic equine knowledge, basic Morgan history, fill out the form. And if you fill it out and you're a non-member and you've completed this, we'll give you a youth membership for the remainder of the year. And we're trying to just bring kids in, get them in the barn, get them in somewhere hooked up with someone that can um, further their passion for um, equestrian sport. So we also have an equitation medal. And we, we all I'm have sorry, to do that. Ahead. I mean, we all have to do that, right? I mean, it's it's yeah. it's one of the things that mm-hmm. we still have to keep focusing on, or or you know, we're not going to be around in twenty years, right? Uh, you you know, have to plant the seeds, yeah. you know, even if it's not immediate, right? So. Exactly. So, where where where's the future of the Morgan Horse headed? Where, you know, what do you see in the future? Do you see expanded competitions? Do you where do you see it going in your five and ten year plan? Well. I'm excited about the future. We, we're showing growth in registrations and transfers and memberships. So um, we've positioned ourselves here at the horse park to expand promotion because exactly what you're focused on um, earlier was exposing people because we feel if people meet and experience the Morgan horse breed and people that they're going to get involved or we're planting that seed for when they're able to get involved, they are. Um, people are fiercely loyal to this breed and now that I have one, I, I kind of get it. Um, <laughs> this is a curious horse. It's a loving horse. It's a horse that craves attention. Um, the personality and um, approach these horses exude is is honestly just fun. And whether you want a show horse or whether you want a backyard horse or whether you want a 4-H project, if you want a lawn, lawn ornament, there there's a Morgan out there that's going to fit that bill perfectly because there's such a variety. It's not a, a niche horse. It's it's everyone's horse. And we're excited to try to introduce as many people as possible to the Morgan horse. And events like Equitana that's coming up this fall at the horse park, we're super excited to get in front of a large group of people and, and take advantage of those opportunities. Because we definitely think that the Morgan breed can grow and expand. Um, it's not something that, um, you know, is a tough thing to own they're they're easy and fun to own and there's so many programs and so many things that you can do no matter what your favorite thing is massage endurance you know whatever we've got it for you and what's the website the website is www.morganhorse Com. Uh, you know, I think that one of the best things you guys did is uh, used to be located in Vermont and now uh, have moved to the Kentucky mm-hmm. Horse Park. And that was a good move. I think I think, you know, it, it is. I think for all the associations that are at the Kentucky Horse Park, they found it to be beneficial. So mm-hmm. so good on you for that. Yeah. And we're going to be there. Actually, we're going on a road show here. We're traveling oh, for five cool. weeks and uh, we're going to be doing a meetup at the Carriage Association of America oh, uh, on, okay. the, on the 7th of August. So we're hoping that all the listeners mm-hmm. in Lexington area come out and see us we're gonna have a barbecue and nice. hang out and i don't think that's actually too far from your office um, uh, no 
Not too far. It and is then a great the Mor- place. The Morgan, um, there's the Morgan Museum out there as well. Yes. Well, the, the, actually, the Morgan Museum, um, we had in Vermont for a while, but we closed the storefront. And now the exhibit is on display in, at Pineland Farms in New Gloucester, Maine, of all places. But it's an amazing thing. And if anybody's interested, go online and learn all about it um, because Pineland Farms Equestrian Center is amazing. In the and summer. We're so honored to be there. Yeah, in the summer, you're right. You wouldn't want to go <laughs> in the winter. You're right. In the there. winter, you can't find it. It's it's there under the white stuff. It's very white. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, right. it's very uh, covered in snow. Thank you, Carrie. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. If we have listeners that are Morgan Horse fans or anyone that just wants to learn more about them, we covered Morgan's in the July 2021 issue, which is out right now and it had beautiful images of the breed and single copies are still available on the website and of course that article will eventually be available on the website as well we want to thank our sponsors the straight arrow family of brands makers of mane and tail cowboy magic and exhibitors with over 100 years of grooming excellence for more information about your favorite products please visit straightarrowinc.com and find us at a tack shop near you. Horse Illustrated can be found at horseillustrated.com. And find the links to today's guests and the show notes at horsesinthemorning.com or horseillustrated.com slash podcast. You can also follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. And you can have all of the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go on our free app for iPhone or Android. If you're interested in one of the meetups that we're doing, Actually, Sarah's going to be at one of them. You're going to be at the Lexington one. Uh, So that's on August the 7th, and that's at the Kentucky Horse Park, and it's, I think, 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. You can find all the information on all the meetups in 14 different states, much to my wife's chagrin. Uh, Go to horseradionetwork.com slash roadshow, and you'll find all of the details there. Thank everyone for joining us today, and happy reading and riding. (laughs) 